Welcome to Between Alpha Omega. I'm your host, Timothy Farr, and with me, as always, is Curtis and Drew. Hello. Oh, hello. Yo. Yo. We're at quarantine. Drew is on satellite, I guess that's what they call it in the biz. <laughs> Curtis is with me yeah. in the studio. And we also have uh, Nick in the beautiful location of Bloomington, Illinois. Hello, everybody. Via satellite technology. And we have Drew's wife, Schaefer, is also on the podcast. Hey. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> 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 She's it's fine. It's all good. Uh, so how's everyone doing? We've been in quarantine for, it seems like, six years now. Um, so how's everyone doing with that, Curtis? I actually had an epiphany last night of, like, how much this all sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, how I was just drowning in it. For sure. And then... In the epiphany or how much this sucks? In how much this sucks. The epiphany okay. was that I need to stop doing that. And so I've just decided to shut out politics, shut out all mainstream media and news on the subject. Because, I mean, I know what's going on. I'll still get my updates as to when we can open. But I'm just tired of the endless articles about how awful this is. Right. And no one knowing what's next. Yeah, either. what's next, what we do about any of this. Right. Still, a month in. Right. Or uh, really, what, four months in now? Well, yeah. I, it did technically start in December, but it didn't make it here until February. Yeah, we didn't get the stay-at-home order until, what, mid-March? Yep. Something like that. Uh, like a week after St. Paddy's Day. Something like that. How's work going for you, Curtis? I know you're still kind of in the office every once in a while. I'm 50-50 in the office. Really, that's just me choosing to go in on the days that were busier because no matter how you look at it, I'm constrained while working from here. Yes. I work a lot more efficiently and quickly when I'm in the office. I do like working from home, though, because I like being able to work in pajamas. Not wearing pants is always a plus. Yeah, not wearing pants is just wonderful. Yeah. Not having to do laundry so I have pants to go to the office. Amazing. <laughs> Yes. I'm not wearing pants right now. See? So. See? Right? I have to because Curtis is sitting six feet away from me. Yeah, I had to put on pants too. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> or did you? We're actually both naked. Yep. So. Both staring at each other naked. I have the microphone put right <laughs> over where Tim's junk is, so I don't technically look at it, but we all know. You just see the little bush <laughs> around the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Drew, how's, it, how's the quarantine life for you and Schaefer? I think we're we've both finally hit like stir crazy a little bit. I'm definitely done with the stay at home orders, but I'm for sure also not. <laughs> yeah, also like we still got to do it. So yeah, like I'm sticking to it because I'm not a dumb fucking redneck that doesn't understand how viruses work. So yeah, I'm not fond of it anymore. I was really excited about working from home at first. And uh, the longer we've been in doing it, the more I realize how inefficient and slow I work while I'm here. And I thrive off of, you know, daily feedback from my peers at work and whatnot. So not, not great. Not great. I feel. How's Shafe? Uh, I think I've been stressed about work, but then I figured out why. Because I was putting a lot more pressure on myself to follow up and like do the job and some people were not taking it as seriously and so I took on their work because I'm like driven like that and so 
yeah, I calculated it all out. And it was how much more I was doing. And so I just kind of brought it up to management. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I was doing a lot more work than I probably should have. So I brought it up to somebody who's bringing it up to management, and hopefully they will make some changes and I feel a lot less stressed knowing that I don't have to work that hard all the time. So, well, that's yeah. good to hear. How's the uh, baby making going? It's cooking. <laughs> it's going to be 14 weeks this week. So that'll be second trimester, which is kind of weird. Wow. Yeah. My mom is like, send pictures. She's obsessed with babies. When I was younger, I told her when I was like mad at her, I would tell her that I was going to be a nun and she would cry. Because of the grandbabies. So wow. she's like, I want grandbabies so bad. And I, I mean, for real, for a long time, I didn't want children. And so she would cry with me about that. And I would cry. And it was just horrible. But um, I don't even know where I was going with that. I don't know either. Oh, I took a picture from my mom. And I was like, whoa, I'm like growing a baby. Because there's just like a little bump. So you're, you're just it just sending, becomes more real every day. Sending pictures of your stomach to your mom. Well, she wants pictures of my stomach, but she really wants pictures of my face and my stomach. So I was like, I need to have to put a, you know, clothes on, like real clothes, <laughs> and ask Drew to take a picture. The background's never right. I'm like kind of a perfectionist. So anyway, okay. that's enough about me. Quarantine life. Yep. Uh, Pajamas are a problem. Yeah, seriously, I'm running out. Like, I need to do the wash because I'm running out of... Running out of pajamas. <laughs> yes. It's the real problem or, nowadays. Or just go to the store and buy more pajamas. <laughs> what right. store? Walmart's still open. Yeah, Target's still open, too. Yeah. Do I want to go? You just can't no. have too many people in there. Right. Well, I don't even know if Target is doing that. I don't know. I well, there's been. also Amazon. They are. They're definitely... Don't support Jeff Bezos. Here, here they are. Oh, okay. And the one person who hasn't really been staying at home but working constantly, Nick, how are you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm so done. <laughs> how many hours? I mean, it's still, like, I'm getting overtime almost every week, but it's not, like, crazy like it was at first. But, you know, since all this started in, like, the last five weeks, I've only had six days off. Um, oh, once again, having to... Work six days this week. I was supposed to be off today and had to go in and cover someone's shift. I now have two people out on personal leave. And the new girl we hired, she quit. Wow. Uh, just stopped showing up. Nice. So our, uh, you could definitely tell that everyone working there, like stress levels are super high. And so our, our store director came out and he, he talked to us managers and assistant managers and uh, you know, he went around the room and he, he was asking people where their stress levels are at. And surprisingly enough, people weren't super high. But I my response was uh, one out of 10. I'm at a 12. Yeah, I bet, man. And it's it's not necessarily like, oh, man, I'm, I'm overworking or I'm worried about all this stuff. It's just I am so frustrated and done with the call offs and people just not wanting to work. And uh. it's a manager life. Yep. Especially when you don't know, like you, like I was telling Curtis the other day, like, oh, so you can lose your taste, your smell, have tightness in your chest. Oh, that's just allergies for me. Yeah, right. So I could be dying or it could just be allergies. Mm -hmm. Cool. Lovely. Awesome. Well, I'm worth a lot more dead than I am alive. So. Oh, me too. Well, yeah. <laughs> me, not so much because I have a ton of debt, but yeah. it's fine. Yeah. 
<laughs> you have a house. I mean, it's fair. And college loans. So. Yeah, college loans is probably worse than your house by now. It's actually about the same. <laughs> That's the sad part. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Of course, I got my house for really cheap, so it's kind of, you know. Yeah, it's not as bad as it sounds. Yeah. Well, and you know, you do have your doctorate, so Dr. Tim Farr over here. No, I don't. It's, I don't oh, know. damn it. Say. <laughs> when did you get the doctorate label? Doctor, if that's what you are. He has his master's. No, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what you have. Weren't you? Oh, you were contemplating going back for your doctorate. I, I really was, and I might still consider it getting like a doctorate in theology or something. But I don't know. Still got time. I still got a lot of time. We have no I mean, idea I'd how long this quarantine is going to last. So. so you could start doing the research now. Right. <laughs> what was that, Nick? I said, I would love to just be able to call you doctor, so you should just get it anyway, just for the title. Just for you, Nick. Okay. Doctor. Yeah. Doctor. And I don't know, maybe maybe it's a little bit cheaper right now since, you know, no one's going to school. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> That's true. I just need Our to, numbers are pretty low. I just need to find a right uh, university that has that specific doctrine that I want. Any other news? I guess I can go. Being an extreme introvert, my life hasn't really changed a whole lot. Uh, I still sit in my hobbit hole and get on YouTube and stuff like that. Going to work is super freaking weird, even though I only go one to two days a week for emergency type stuff that I do. But it, it's a facility that holds like, I don't know, 1,500 people. And I'm one of like 10. So it's like the apocalypse or a ghost town. And I don't know, you just feel like hoodlums are going to show up from beneath a cubicle and attack me or something because <laughs> it's so just barren. Like you just walk in the hallway. That's and actually like, just me. <laughs> just you hiding in the cubicles. Yeah. Yep. It, it just feels so weird because our offices are just cubicle farms and usually there's noise and there's talking and it's just like dead silence. It's so weird being in the office and the parking lot is like empty and Yeah. And the other frustrating thing for me is because I am part of the federal government and dealing with D.C., it's all hinging on the president and what he decides to do. And they're just like, I don't know what he's talking about. So <laughs> they're just writing policies left and right and making up stuff and knee-jerk reaction. And I talked to my manager uh, the other day, and she was like, we don't know either, but we don't want to go back to work either because this whole thing. So it's been fun. Dealing with the federal government and making stuff up on the fly. Yep. Yeah, it's so bizarre. This quarantine, uh, it's weird. It's just very weird mm -hmm. and uncomfortable. I, th I think the worst part about it all is we just don't know how long it's going to last. Yes. Uh, the St. Louis County <laughs> governor, mayor, whoever that title is. Um, I think it's mayor. County, mayor. Yeah, county executive, I think, over a county. The towns have mayors. Yeah, something like that. Announced that we are in lockdown until for indefinitely, but we're going to review in mid-May. That's yeah. daunting. Right. Yeah, it's just, I don't know how it is in Bloomington, but I imagine it's some, similar. We haven't heard much of anything beyond May 1st, but that could also change. More than likely, well, at least for us uh, as a state, they think that we've we've hit our peak, and it's going to start trending down. But you know that only time's going to tell for that. So, yeah, and then when everyone gets released, there could be a second wave of this thing. So yeah, it's crazy. 
Because I think the governor of Missouri said May 3rd for the state, but St. Louis County has said mid-May will review again. And it kind of makes sense because you have a town like, I don't know, Herman or, you know, Cuba who has like 10 people living in it. I don't know <laughs> if they need to be locked down permanently. Yeah, like you guys could probably still <laughs> keep going about your business as long as people from St. Louis aren't trying to go out to Herman. Right, which is the problem. Yeah. Which happens. Which happens. I mean, Herman is beautiful, by the way. Oh, yeah. It is. It I is. Went there a month ago. Yeah. If you follow my Instagram and you see pictures of Sally in my car, 90% of it is at Herman. <laughs> yeah. It's a good part, of, good part of the state. Yeah, it is. It's really pretty. And it's right next to the river. It's really cool. Well, and for you driving Sally up there, always oh, fun roads yeah. to take up. Yeah. I won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> With this quarantine and fewer cops and fewer people on the road, it has been a delight for me. <laughs> you're living your best life right road? now. Everyone else is too. just struggling hard, and you're living your best life. What was that, Schaefer? <laughs> I heard that a lot of people are still on the roads. It just seems like there are a lot. I don't know. I haven't been out, so I don't know. But Day-to-day basis. It depends. Like Some days there's nobody on the roads when I'm going to work. And then sometimes traffic is like nothing is going on right now. It's like a normal Tuesday, not quarantine, where it's packed. Uh, what did I go? Wednesday. Well, I went to work Wednesday, and traffic was kind of heavy on 270. And at 5 o'clock in the morning, it felt like a normal Wednesday. But coming home, it was like no one. Hmm. So I don't, I don't know what's hmm. up with that. It's just funny when you go out at specific times, like noon or five o'clock, and the, all the fast food restaurants just have lines around their drive-through. It's kind of funny. I saw a line around the building and out onto Manchester Road for Starbucks. Wow! What are you getting at Starbucks? <laughs> I need that coffee. coffee. Uh, apparently, yeah, I did get a lot of coffee when this whole mess went down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I saw you ordered a bunch of coffee. Yeah, heck yeah, dude. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm drinking some right now. Mm, coffee and beer. Yeah, so, and I just brushed my teeth, so. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> you should just top that off with some orange juice. You'll be, you'll be golden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens. And so a little transition. We're going to, I decided that the show needed a return to form. Of course, the quarantine stuff has been on the forefront of our minds, and we've been spending a lot of time with the quarantine conversation, the last two episodes, we've been pretty much exclusively talking about the quarantine. And so I wanted to kind of shift into more of what we usually talk about on the show and Christianity and life and how that is, especially observing how Christians are reacting to the situation, even though most of us here are Christians. Uh, and it's just been kind of weird. So I wanted to talk about life and what we're all experiencing with quarantine, how it affects us. It's just Everything's just so weird, and it's funny to watch Christians literally just melt down because of this. <laughs> like, all the protesting that is going on, all, all these pastors that are coming out of the woodwork making these weird comments, and there's one in Virginia that decided to keep holding services, and he ended up dying because of the virus. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, wow. it, it, insanity. Okay, but is that real? That is real. Because he, I've seen a few posts about, like, there were fake articles out there where they were saying people died and like the actual people in the photos were like, no, I'm good. I'm still here. Still kicking. Like that happened to a family. Like oh, somebody took a family photo 
and released an article saying that the entire family died from the coronavirus because they insisted on going to church. No, and it be. was it was footage of the Church of England. So, <laughs> like, the princes were in the picture. Good, good, fantastic. <laughs> Speaking of that off-topic, uh, the Queen Elizabeth II still kicking? Yeah, cool. Yeah. She's the Darth Lord of the Sith. Uh, well, she's also in super quarantine. Are you kidding? True. But she doesn't... She doesn't three. have to talk to anyone anyway. She's Emperor Emperor, Emperor, Emperor Palpatine. Maybe. <laughs> I'm more concerned about Betty White, let's be real. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I care more about her. She probably is the actual Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. She's been fooling us this whole time. <laughs> no, Betty White would be like the protagonist to Queen Elizabeth. Like, we need to have them in a death match, I think. No, but I think it's yeah. backwards. See, I think, like, Betty White's been winning us over this whole time. Mm. But she's this real Dark Lord. And, like, we may not necessarily like Queen Elizabeth II, but she's actually on the side of the people. I've been watching The Crown on Netflix, and it, it really shows her. Yeah, what's really funny is that she actually started watching it not too long ago. Really? I don't know why I'm up on what the queen is doing right now, but you brought it up, and I was like, yeah, I actually was just reading about this the other day. Because we have nothing else to do. That's true. Um, Curtis has gone through everything else that's more important and more relevant. In our country, and then I went to other countries. You know what? How is New Zealand doing? (laughs) What? (laughs) So in light of all of that, uh, I, I do think good things are actually happening in my own personal life. Uh, there was a person I was really close with and I ended up having a falling out with and we're actually communicating more now uh, because we both kind of realized, man, this virus thing really sucks. And what if something were to happen to one of us? It would be really suck to not have like each other any life any in each other's lives or, you know, having no closure or having this falling out being the last thing we remember of that person. And I know that's kind of morbid and dark, but at the same time we're realizing you know, love actually matters. Love is right. actually will win. Um, so we are communicating better. That's just a little tidbit of what's going on in my life. Um, and having said all of that and being out of the church game since last June, I've been seeing a lot of wacky things among Christians. Like, for example, churches remaining open. Do you guys, what are you guys seeing about when churches defiantly? almost defiantly saying, no, President Trump, we're going to remain open. Uh, so I've seen pictures say, where like ahead. people were, sorry, Drew, but I've seen pictures of people holding up signs like in protest of like the church is being closed in full like protective gear, mask, hat, like hoodie, just like as bundled up as you could possibly be like to protect themselves from the virus. And it's like you realize you're contradicting yourselves right now. You dress the way you are. I guess as you're dressed right now, sure, you're sterile. You could go perform surgery or go to church. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. What about perform surgery in church? Don't do that. Well, <laughs> especially not right now. I will say I've never seen or I haven't seen any of this stuff about churches remaining open, probably because I'm not paying attention to anything. <laughs> I'm so proud of right you. You're probably doing I way better than I am. Just don't care anymore Same. but i know that our church is closed and they have been closed for quite some time now and you know they have the ability to do live stream services in the morning and whatnot which is really great but i think that people are attributing this virus 
to a lot of things in their religion when it literally has nothing to do with it. Um, and it's just like really regressive and idiotic. Like I've heard people say that, you know, God is doing this to our country because he's punishing us. And it's just like, like, where do you come up with this shit? Like, (laughs) stop. (laughs) I don't know. Well, it, yeah, th- I mean, he could be doing that. That's possible, but I don't think that there's a direct correlation. Well, between... there's no reason to glean that. Yeah. You know, there's no reason to even... If you um, feel like you should repent or you should tor- turn toward God during this situation, that's a good thing. But right, I don't think that God, you know, God allowed it, but it's not because... But don't be like... Us. 100%. Like, I don't, I don't think that's... Don't true. be like an end times weirdo with a sign out in the streets... Saying, you know, the end is nigh, we must repent because of the coronavirus. Like, for sure, we're just not on that level. And even if we were, you're not protecting yourself or others by being out in the street <laughs> and screaming. <laughs> True. There are other ways to communicate this, but also don't do it on Facebook because no one cares. <laughs> I've been largely staying off of Facebook and Instagram and Twitter just because of all that. Yeah, probably wise. Right, Nick. Any comment? No, I think I think Drew mostly said it all. But I mean, right now needs to be a time for people with faith to use this to strengthen it, and not not try and shove it on others or blame other people for it. You know, shit happens. That's that's how life is. Just because God allows things like this to happen doesn't mean He's doing it with malicious intent or something else. It's just this. This virus is is caused by man, not by God. So, wait, yeah. it was created in a lab. Is that what you just said? I said it was created by man. So, yeah. I mean, there there are a lot of contradictory things that you hear. But I mean, like, this virus is a result of mankind, not specifically that like someone made it in a lab. No, I know. Yeah, by eating bats and pangolins. Yeah, that's what they I mean, say. I don't know. I do that every day. It, you also hear things like this virus was cooked up in China for chemical warfare. Right. You know? Well, yeah. And to your point, Nick, on the other I side of the coin, it's like stop attributing this virus to some sort of insane GOP conspiracy. Just like <laughs> fucking stop. That like, too. Or a DNC conspiracy. Because it's either, getting thrown both. Yeah, it's getting like, thrown both ways, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm just looking at it from the perspective of all these crazy Christians out there saying that this is God's, you know, thing. And they get it from Second Chronicles chapter 6. Uh, the verses are 26 through 31. And it talks about um, if the skies are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you. And if they pray, tor- pray toward this this temple and acknowledge your name and turn from their sins because you have punished them. Then hear from heaven and forgive the sins of your servants, your people of Israel. Teach them to follow the right path. Goes on, blah, 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 28. If there is a famine in the land or a plague or crop or disease, crop disease or attacks of locusts or caterpillars, or if your people's enemies are in the land besieging their towns, whatever disaster or disease there is, and it's basically saying, you know, like, it's because of the sins of your people. This is why all these bad things are happening to you. And my point... It's so Old Testament. It is very Old Testament, but let me put out this point. If if God really wanted to send a plague to kill people, 
he would be doing a lot better than coronavirus. I'm just saying. That's a good point. It's only killing him about 5%. Right. I mean, considering, you know, he flooded the whole planet once. And killed everybody. Yeah. And then there's been other plagues, like the Spanish flu that happened 100 years ago that wiped out way more people than Well, hey, this. maybe we just needed a right. good flushing back then, too. <laughs> and it's just kind of crazy that all these Christians are coming up and saying, you know, this is our punishment. And I'm like, this is kind of a weak punishment, God. Like, <laughs> I don't want to test you or anything, buddy, but... Hey, maybe this is just a slap on the wrist for what's been going on. You're in timeout for 10 minutes. I mean, this is the first time that like the entire world has been grounded. Yeah, for a while. <laughs> oh. This is this is actually just God's prelude to the actual pandemic that that's coming afterwards. I don't think so. I think he, I think we're grounded <laughs> right now and like once I think Hopefully we learn our lessons and we come back out and we'll be fine. Uh, I think we're going to come out of this thing way worse than <laughs> way worse people. Let's, also, if we yes. don't turn into zombies, so. I do have a No, right. that's COVID-20. COVID-20 is the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I thought you said the DNZ. And I was like, Democrats have zombies? <laughs> yes. Also, <laughs> yes. They're, they're, it's, it's a subcommittee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Democratic nationalist zombies. I mean, brains for everyone. It does seem like politicians are zombies. I'm just saying. Some of them look like it. Some of them, like like, a lot of them. Gosh, you're nine years old. Are you sure? Yeah, are you sure you're still alive? You voted for Jesus? Weird. (laughs) If you look close enough, there are string puppets. There are puppet (laughs) strings above them. Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, probably too young for that. I'm not too young for that. Exactly I know what you're talking about. Oh, good. Perfect. Yeah. We, weekend at Bernie survived. What was something I was talking about the, with friends the other day? Oh, um, the Andy Griffith show. Oh. I love the Andy Griffith show. It's so stupid. I think I just saw it on Netflix. <laughs> really? Interesting. Yeah. Wasn't that a show from like the 50s? Yeah. Well, I mentioned yeah. it at work and like half the people were like, what are you talking about? Are you serious? I yeah. didn't know. Oh, we're getting sued. I know. Yeah, stop that. Stop that. Yeah. Stop that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't finish it, God. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, that whole portion of the podcast is going to be deleted. Yep. <laughs> That's your prerogative. I tried to cover his mouth. I did. My bad. No, I won't delete it. It'll be the Apple Nazis that probably. probably. No, she tried to. She tried to actually slap me in the face. <laughs> stop it. I did take a shower before the podcast for a listening audience. So you know. <laughs> We very much appreciate that. I took a shower this morning. Yeah, I shaved my head for this podcast, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm growing the quarantine beard right now. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. I haven't touched my beard at all. No, kind of want to look homeless me when I come out of neither, this. Neither is Schaefer. Yeah, no beard touching for me. Beards are actually good for your health. Are they? Yeah. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard uh, some some churches are going to Zoom and they're doing their entire service on Zoom, and that's been kind of a fascinating thing to watch. Um, I did hear one church was trying to do a drive-in theater type service, hmm. and I'm like, that's a terrible idea. It kind of defeats the purpose of you know not showing up in one spot altogether. But okay. Weird thing. I actually heard yesterday that Zoom is selling people's information to China. I heard that too. I've heard that too. Oh my. So, but don't use Zoom anymore if you can prevent it. But on any rate, so if the church is going to start doing drive-in like services, I'll go to one. 
but I'm definitely going to make out with a girl in the backseat while it's going on. <laughs> Hide people in the trunk. <laughs> Gosh. Sneak in cake. <laughs> oh, I, I, Bring a bunch of illegal immigrants with you. Ooh. Ooh. It, it just, and to say me, we love everyone. To me, it's just funny how churches are kind of scrambling instead of just taking a back seat and saying, hey, just chill. We'll come back or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's like if you have a good congregation, um, you're, you're probably going to get your tithe anyway. Right. So, you know, obviously continue to do what you can to provide that fellowship, but do it appropriately. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking everything digital because it still is a service and it's still, people are still really nervous. And if you can provide peace during this situation, you know, point it back to a higher source, then it's a good thing. For sure. I, I just was more, people would realize that like you can just take your whole service digitally like stop trying to have your doors open like you could just yeah, have I digitally. Agree. even even doing like something on twitch like you can do that like i, I just don't understand what right. the hiccup is um one of the other things i've been saying is that pastors are pleading with their congregants to donate their stimulus money to them directly right any comments? I think that maybe tithe has gone down, and I'm wondering if they're getting desperate, if that's their only income. I don't know. I have lots of thoughts on this. I mean, I, it's hard to fully understand where they're going without specific context, because maybe they're asking, like, hey, you know, if you don't need it, right. donate a little bit yeah. of it, but, you know... You would hope that the church is not like, hey, you got this free money, give it to us right. for people who really actually do need it, you know, because, you know, like for me, it's it's helpful, but I didn't need it where right. there are other people who aren't employed or aren't getting enough hours or money income um, between what they need to to sustain themselves and their families. So I. I hope this is one of those things where it's taken a bit out of context, but you know, unless I'm specifically asked about it, I'm not going to really know. For sure. Right. Yeah. And I've been thinking about this ever since we Shaver and I got our stimulus checks and it's like, you know, honestly, I'd be willing to just like give a good portion of it to someone who actually needs it. But like, I don't know if I'd be willing to give it to the church straight up because I don't know what it's going to be used for. And not to say that the people who run the church, you know, don't need it or wouldn't utilize it properly. But I don't know. I just like and at the same time, it's like, I guess I shouldn't be so what's what's the word I want to use cynical about what the church might do with it. I mean, Um, I I completely agree with you, Drew. I don't want to give I generally don't give to a charity if I don't know what they're all about. Like at the grocery store, if they're like, you want to round up for. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no. I have no idea right. what that cause is. Right. So, I kind of understand where you're coming from, but that's right. kind of, between you and the church, that's between you yeah. and the church. For sure. And at the same time, I also am like, honestly, this isn't my money. It was given to me. You know, I 
feel really glad that I'm able to get it, and uh, I should be able to just or be willing to just give it up, you know, if if somebody else needs it anyways. So, for sure, I get it. Yeah, there's a few things and the reason why I brought this up is going to steer us into the main conversation that we're going to lead into. Um, So a few points I want to make. Pastors and teachers uh, that are in the church should absolutely be paid. How do they get paid? Well, it's through the tithe, usually. Unless they're part of a big denomination or part of that, and then you're tithing to the denomination, and the denomination can support you, like an AG or the Presbyterians are really good about, you know, hey, you have this church, we're going to give money to you. And so there's kind of a stimulus there of pastors can get some of their salary from uh, the, the denomination themselves. So there is part of that. But yes, uh, the tithe is very important to churches. The problem, and this is what we're going to be talking about mostly, is this consumer Christianity. Like you, you pay a little bit and we throw on this big service for you. And it's all about yeah. you and it's all about this retail aspect of church. And we... Well, most of us here, except for Schaefer, probably went to this big, massive church that we've been railing on for a long time now. So we're going to return to form and go back to that. <laughs> um, they're, they're very consumer Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very much you're, you're almost paying your tithe to support the level of production so you can get something out of the service. It, it takes God and Jesus away from it, and it's pretty lights and shiny, and the building looks incredible, and the production is incredible, and they're actually paying musicians who don't believe in God because they're good musicians to worship. Yeah, that's the kind of the crazy part of that church, and kind of the mega church as a whole like that. And so when I see pastors are pleading with congregants to donate their stimulus money, I'm thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah this yeah. consumerism that is happening within Christianity thoughts. Yeah. So, um, even before I attended this church that we all went to consumer Christianity was something that like really got under my skin for sure. And, um, I think my parents really instilled that kind of, uh, Oh, uh, that thought behavior within me. Um, and I, like pointing back at like, you know, paying musicians. I, I love a good worship service. It gets me more engaged if it's good, but you can look at someone who's up on stage in a church and tell whether or not they're genuine about what they're doing and how they're performing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because musicians think they're really good actors, but they're actually terrible. (laughs) So um, I, I don't know. Like it's, it sucks especially if like those mega churches that are like that, that have all this capital anyways are asking people to give up their stimulus checks because I know a ton of people who are not well off. They live paycheck to paycheck, but they go to these types of churches and they get sucked in. And I mean, like, I don't care if this points in the direction of this church, but like this week I saw, or over easter hope wins everyone kept putting it up on their yep like they would make signs and put it in their windows and all this kind of stuff and you know i know that it's supposed to be something that helps people feel hopeful about the situation that we're in right now but i see that and i'm like you're creating a campaign here and you're going to make money off of this somehow (laughs) i don't know how you're going to do it but you're going to do it bumper stickers and uh buy a hope sign yeah Mm -hmm. probably bumper stickers yeah you're right slap it right next to your 
a Joy FM sticker. And, and your fish sticker. Cut people off of the road. <laughs> and drive slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Buy our, buy our Hope shirts. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of that too. And I, I want to, I didn't watch that service because I know I think it was a service that they did. I didn't watch it either. Um, and I kind of refused to. But I, I, me thinking in my theological brain, I'm like, is that even true? Does, is that even scriptural? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah at in times, but, hope wins. Jesus yeah. wins. But right now. Why, why, why aren't we <laughs> saying something like love wins? Right. That's kind of like that's the more immediate I like that thing. better I like that better <laughs> that's the more immediate thing love wins like hope hope is future tense like to me yeah, yeah. hope can't actually hope also needs something to attach to so it's not just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm you, just like hoping for hope's sake it's like I'm hoping in this thing that I'm wanting can you really have true hope, hope without, without love yeah well that too like like faith hope and love and love is yeah the best of those three it's a very biblical concept for sure. Right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I grew up in a different perspective for sure. Um, the church that I grew up in, they were presenting worship music that was, I mean, beautiful in its own way, but it didn't attract like the average person. So, and like they did that deliberately because they wanted it to be like worshiping God first and not trying to draw people in for the sake of drawing people in. So I really... Like hearing your guys' perspective now, it's just like, oh, that was like really good for the church to do that. And uh, our focus should be on worshiping God and not trying to like pull people in to get people in, to keep people in, to get people's money, you know, all that stuff. For sure. Like it's just, it, we're supposed to be like honoring God. So uh, yeah, that's the perspective that I grew up in and I still think that that's a good thing. But I also think that, you know, I don't like the whole, I typically don't like modern Christian music because I don't think that, I think it is consumerism driven. I think that they're just like creating music to create music rather than like, I want to make this the most beautiful thing that I can, because I think that that is what brings me joy to worship God and vice versa. I don't think, and I, I just have a problem with the way the modern church worships for the most part. I, I can totally see that. It's very much consumer driven. Like how many albums can we sell by having this hit new trendy sound instead of, I don't know, the actual words that bring people to God. So I can see yeah. that. Hell, my church or Schaefer and I's church right now kind of falls into that issue. Um, I mean, they just produced a record. Wow. <laughs> Did they? Put it out. And it's like, like I didn't even have a thought in my mind to ever buy it. <laughs> Never have. Um, and I think it's, you know, totally fine if they want to do that, but I hope you're using that money for the church or like helping those people that, you know, made this music support their families and whatnot, you know, instead yeah. of like, Oh, here's a bunch of money that we made off this album and give it to the pastors or whatnot. Or let's buy yeah. a piece of equipment that's $45,000 yeah. and never use it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. For sure. 
Or yeah, let's get some new um, eclectic Edison bulbs for our sanctuary so that we can look hipster. <laughs> hey, what? Hi, Moose. Oh, you, yeah, you forgot <laughs> to introduce the last person on the podcast, oh, yeah. Moose. Moose. Yeah, we do. We have a yeah, one more. Another member. He likes to <laughs> randomly jump in with very loud noise. I agree with his points, though. Every single one of his points. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he should be leading this podcast. Probably. <laughs> 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 It's not muted anymore. Hey. You can mute your dog? <laughs> yeah. It comes with a remote control. That's an amazing awesome. new feature. Just mute the dog. Boop. Voice if box. Only. Uh, if only. Yeah, just punch him in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> but true true religion is to take care of the widows and the orphans. Amen. That is also a very biblical concept. And so sure. that brings up another thing within the church. It's like church transparency and how they're using their funds. Now, some things are super private to where it's like, oh, this person is um, having a hard time and you don't want to just like broadcast. Right. Like, hey, we gave to this person who is having a hard time and this is their name and their address. Go help them. Um, you know, there's there's definitely lines of like transparency. But Overall, I think generally the heart of the church needs to be taking care of those who cannot support themselves in their own way of life, where they're at in life. For sure. I agree. Yeah. Um, having worked for a church, I, I can tell you the meetings we would have about this kind of stuff and yeah. the ridiculous and something that I've been focused on and, and really kind of my transition in life is going we make a big deal about having reverence for God and almost a healthy fear of God. Right. right. Um, yeah. but then our worship service is 15 minutes and then yeah. announcements and then 45 minutes of a dude speaking. Yeah. But yet, you know, the reverence of God is important. What? Oh, uh, okay. Like shouldn't worship and prayer be like the majority of the service. And then you talk for maybe 15 right. minutes. Shouldn't that how the modern yeah. church should be? That That's my opinion, but that isn't seeker-friendly, and I use quotes there. Well, and I think that's actually something that our old church, like the one that we all met at, yeah. got really right. Mm-hmm. Is like, I can't tell you how many times they would just, the pastor would come up and say, I'm not stopping worship today. Yep. Like, let's keep this going. For sure. Loved it. Yeah. It was also a ridiculously small church. Yeah. So... <laughs> Whereas, you know, the consumer Christianity church is, you know, 20,000 people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so let's define consumer Christianity because we kind of talked about it a little bit. What is your definition of consumer Christianity? Definition of consumer Christianity. Yeah. What do you I don't th- know if I could give you like something that you could slap into a, a dictionary or anything or an encyclopedia, but I. I'd say that consumer Christianity is just kind of what it sounds like. Um, it's Christians making money off of their religion. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, you know, not like, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I guess that would be a ge- more general sense. You could take that either in a, a positive light or a negative light, depending on how you view things. For sure. Also, it doesn't necessarily have to be financial. Maybe you're just there to consume and not necessarily to give. Yeah, yeah, like, I can see that. Personally, you're like consuming, 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 and not really like taking that to heart and saying, "Oh, I need to respond in this way." Yeah. Sure, Curtis. I don't know if I have much to say on that topic. That's fair. That's fair, Nick. I would say uh, 
there's a bit of a, a disconnect with commercial churches and commercial Christianity. You know, it's kind of going through the motions, but not really living them. Uh, we've talked about it before, you know, this big commercial church that we all used to attend and something happens. And next thing you know, is you're, you're kind of just cut out. And that's, I think that's, that's, you know, it's not what Christianity is supposed to be like. And I think that's a, a big result is, is you, you become more of like a business than you do a congregation. Didn't, didn't Jesus actually get really mad in the temple and start breaking things? Yep. Because they were yep. selling stuff. Yeah. Were you going there? No, I oh. wasn't. No. I didn't want, I didn't, I didn't know if I like accidentally like messed up where we were going in our points. So we're... No, 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 not at all. Yeah, it seems to be that churches that are starting to treat their congregation more like a business. Like, you did something wrong, so now we have to fire you. Well, there is that element to it instead of, I don't know, grace. Mm -hmm. I have seen a lot of that lately. Like, you made a mistake, you're in leadership, so bye. And, it, and that all depends on the mistake, too. Like, if the pastor is a pedophile, no, the, he needs to be right. fired. Yeah. <laughs> there are lines. You're there gone. are legitimate reasons to say bye-bye. But it, you, you screwed up a little bit. You told a white lie. You messed up a little bit. You, know, you don't need to be fired. You need to be disciplined, sure, but you know, not tossed out. Right. And it's, it's not even just, like, even working for the church, but, like, just as someone who is part of the congregation. Right people you know will become more standoffish they'll they'll sit there and say like oh it's not gonna you know we're gonna be here for you and we'll, we'll work with you and you know then next thing you know they stop having contact and for sure it's like oh well uh, i sat down with this problem for a little bit time to move on to the next one yeah, I mean, I've left a couple different churches, and I've always volunteered pretty hardcore and been heavily involved in these churches. And uh, other than the first church that we all went to, the second church I actually was employed to, I only stayed in contact with, like, three people in that second church. And that fourth, third church I went to, no one. The fifth church, no one. And I was a heavily involved person where even people would ask me, oh, you're, you're employed here? No, I'm just a volunteer. And right. no one would contact me when I left. And I'm like, cool. Mm. That's not Christianity. That's consumer that's, Christianity. That's how I was with, you know, the church we all went to. Not the first one, but the second one. The nameless um, mega church. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the only people I stay in contact with are the people that I knew from the original church. For sure. That work at, at the new church. And even those people, I don't even stay in that great a contact anymore. Because they have drinking the Kool-Aid. I, I spent five years hardcore <clears throat> volunteering, being a leader. Instead of softcore um, volunteering. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, worked for them. And then just kind of nothing. Yeah. And that's happened to me a few times. So the I have a quote. And I'm going to read this quote by Thomas C. Reeves that says, Christianity in modern, modern America tends to be easy, upbeat, convenient, and compatible. It does not require self-sacrifice, discipline, humility, or otherworldly outlook, a zeal for souls, a fear as well, fear as well as love of God. There's little guilt and no punishment, and the payoff in heaven is virtually certain. What we now have might be the labeled Christ, consumer Christianity, the cost is low, and the consumer satisfaction seems to be guaranteed. 
that's kind of his definition of what consumer Christianity is. And I think that's, that's pretty good. It, it, consumer Christianity means that you're not putting anything into it. It's all about me. It's all about what I get out of it. Um, and that's kind of my thoughts about what con- consumer Christianity is. It's about what do I get out of this? Sell me on this idea. Um, yeah. It better be bright and shiny or else I'm not going to go. It better be, you know, the top-notch production. It better be the better speaker rather than an actual commitment to God and more what's it about. Right. I definitely think that the church has a gospel issue, too. Like, is it what Christ did for us and we should be worshiping him because of the, the sacrifice that he gave? Or is it the health and wealth gospel? And those are the two things that are battling within the church and like people are not getting wealthy and they're not super, you know, not staying healthy. And so that gospel needs to die. Like it needs to go away. And so I think that that also kind of leans in with the consumerism side of, of Christianity. Like it needs to go back to what the original intent is of like the good news, which is, the definition of gospel the good news is christ died for us and like keep it pure and simple like that is the good news for sure and we have a lot to blame on uh, joel olstein who is part of the word of faith movement who basis uh theology is that if you have enough faith you'll get whatever it is so if you have yeah. enough faith that you're going to get money god will give you that money I thought we were That's a little bit worried. Works. About, I thought we were a little bit worried about saying his name and getting sued by him. Uh, you know, that's fine. <laughs> okay, huh? I'll take him on. That's fine. <laughs> I, I got your back, Tim. <laughs> oh, it would be funny. Let's big time pastor sues little time podcast. Right. Like, I, I'm sure that'll go well for him. <laughs> for all all five people that listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's more than that, actually. We we have two hundred something listens now, uh, thirty oh, nice. something subscribers. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. It, numbers are down, um, and we had we were talking to Dan Benner, who was a listener to this yeah. show last night, and he's not listening to it right now because he's not at work. So that kind of hey. makes sense. Yeah, I've been seeing other YouTubers and other podcasts saying that their numbers are down as well because you People tend to watch these things at work. Yeah. So it makes sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the word of faith movement is definitely a direct correlation with this consumer Christianity where it's about what can I get out of it instead of what can you put into it? Because Christianity is more about giving up yourself, like self-sacrifice, like more of him and less of me. And there's not a whole lot of, hey, what is in it for me when it's no, what can I do for you, God? What 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 gifts have you given me, and what can I do with that? And I think a lot of people uh, don't look at it that way. It's more about what can I get out of this service. Some of my favorite worship services ever are just a dude in a guitar or a lady in a guitar. Right. That's it for sure. Um, and the first church that we all went to, it was very much had that feel. Sure, sure, there'd be big worship services, but. Sometimes it was just a, our pastor and a guitar, and we would have these incredible worship services. And for the speaker, for the pastor to just shut up and allow that to happen, I think that's that's the crux of what Christianity should be like, not the dude talking for an hour and a half. Ugh. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a teacher. I'm I'm a primarily a speaker, and I put that in quotes. And 
man, if I go for 30 minutes, I'm like, I'm dying up here. (laughs) 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 Like, I, I, oh, no, it should be about 20 minutes. Give me in and out. I'll make a couple points, be done. And And just remember, the clock is on the wall, genius. (laughs) 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 Have we ever told that story? Not on the podcast. Nick, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and share that story. All right. So uh, at our old church where we we all kind of met, Tim for a good while was um, doing a lot of our teachings. Um, And so uh, my older sister, Elizabeth, um, she's mentally handicapped. And so she would go back into the kids' room and kind of walk in circles and do her own thing, but, you know, still listen in on what Tim's talking about. For sure. And so she comes out, and Tim was going a little bit longer than he normally does, and and she's like, hey, Tim, when when are you going to be done? And Tim's like, well, I don't know, Elizabeth. I'm not – she's – yeah, he was like, maybe like five, ten minutes. She's like, well, what time is that? And he's like, well, I don't know. And Elizabeth goes, well – Tim, there's a clock on the wall, you genius. <laughs> and, uh, and if, if I remember correctly, Tim's like, well, I think that's the end of today's service. Yep. Yep. The end. Oh, man. The end. Oh, man, I have a lot of blunders like that. It's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, you know, Elizabeth's an urban, so you guys don't know when to shut is, up. It's like our forte. And you guys don't know when to shut up. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> My my favorite blunder of all time was when I said sexual immortality. That was good. That was a good one. Yeah. It We're was. dropping F bomb to a pastor. That was my that, favorite. That, yeah, that's a good one too. I talk good. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do I want to go now? So I sent you guys an article by Brad McCracken, which is an amazing name, Mr. McCracken. I don't know who you are or what you're doing, but Brett McCracken. He's doing it right. Yeah. Whatever he's doing, he's doing it right. Keep on cracking, Brett McCracken. (laughs) (laughs) God. I'm an idiot. It's payback for all the times that people say, so you're far away, Tim? (laughs) Shut up. I hate you. Mm. And he talks about what we're kind of talking about today in consumer Christianity. The headline in the article is, uh, Coronavirus Could Kill Consumer Christianity. So uh, his first point is stripping the church of all of its access. Um, what the virus is doing, the church is, we kind of talked about this, but here's what he says. Why? Because the coronavirus has rapidly taken away the excesses of church. All the bells and whistles, all the nice-to-haves we've come to see as must-haves. What remains are bare essentials. Jesus, the word, community, prayer, singing. What remains is really the church can never be vanquished. We are Christ's body and will live in eternity within. Things are suddenly Spartan in how we do church, but what we are remains as vibrant as ever. And his point is, is coronavirus going to finally kill the consumer Christians because they have nothing? Nothing is coming to them. Do we agree? Do we disagree? Do we see that happening? Um, I mean, you know, you're still going to have people who are going to to send in their tithes, uh, people who are still going to you know be a part of the church. Um, I don't think this is necessarily going to kill uh, consumer Christianity, but I think it is going to start putting it into a little bit more of a check 
because it is going to eliminate, you know, like he talks about all the bells and whistles and the, the fancy shows, you know, granted people are still doing some of this stuff via Zoom, like you mentioned, and other uh, streaming sites, but it's not quite what it was before. Okay. Any other thoughts? So I heard through the grapevine that our favorite megachurch actually has a backlog of like video worship so that they continue it for their sermons while they're everyone's broadcasting and watching online. Cool, I guess. So they're gonna they're gonna try and keep it going strong. Any other comments? Thoughts you guys? Uh, no, I don't I don't really have any thoughts on this particular thing, no. Okay. I I think mega churches are gonna be in trouble coming out of this or are hurting now because they rely so heavily on the consumer Christian and putting on a good show. So when they can't put on a good show, I think they're going to lose some of their congregation there because now those people actually have to, I don't know, deal with Jesus instead of check marking their box of showing up the church. And then once you get out of the habit of showing up the church on Sunday, it's hard to get back in the habit of going to the church. So I think we're going to see these big churches suddenly take a nosedive when this whole quarantine is over. Yeah. That's my thought. There'll, there'll probably be a huge surge at the beginning of when people can go back. And then maybe then like week two or three, reduce. people will be like, man, yeah. that was really nice when I didn't have to wake up early on Sunday. Something <laughs> like that. I, I think it's going to be interesting for sure because people want to go out and meet with people again. But yeah. once you realize oh, it's more of a social gathering than a church thing? I think maybe. Maybe. Well, you know, and you have to, you know, kind of hope that maybe some of these mega churches will kind of look and reflect on how things are going and the difference between the broadcasts and people's attendance between, you know, from pre-quarantine to post-quarantine. But, you know, it's... It's also kind of hard when you're already so like feeling like you're so on top of everything and and doing everything right. You know, at what point are they going to get that reality check of are we actually being uh, consumer Christianity or are we being what we're supposed to be? For sure. Like maybe these mega churches will actually come out of this and be like, hey, let's make this actually real. Let's actually talk about Jesus instead of these trendy topics and stuff. Maybe. What's right, hope? and it's it's not just the meeting together that's bad. It's that can be good. It's the like you're saying consumerism part. Yeah, instead of dealing with Jesus, it's what can I get out of it, and it's more of a social show than anything. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this, you know, people who, you know, who are actually deep in their faith, and with or without this, will you know hold strong. Consumer Christianity, non-consumer Christianity, wherever you go, you know, you can you can feel the the Holy Spirit, um, and as long as as they're you know being truthful about what they're they're singing or what they're saying or what you know the thoughts they have about what sermons are going on, for them, you know, it doesn't matter. It's it's the people who don't have a strong faith or who are looking for faith or who are just putting on a facade. Those those are the ones that really fall victim to the consumer Christianity. For sure, for sure. 
Yeah, I think people that are strong in their faith are going to continue to tithe as they do. They're going to continue to support the church however they do, and it's not really going to affect them. I mean, why would it? I have faith and hope in God, and I know that this thing is going to be over, and having and realizing that we need to love each other better. I think that's the biggest lesson I got out of this whole thing is uh, we need to shut up every once in a while and actually listen to people and love each other better. Yeah. Um, moving on. His second point says blowing up the notion of Sunday only faith. I, I kind of alluded it to earlier, like it's in, in churches primarily and having worked for a couple of churches, um, there is this checkbox mentality of, oh, I need to show up on Sunday and that's all I need to do. So the, his point is um, going to church isn't an option right now. So how can you check off that box? How, how does that work for the people who only show up on Sundays? Um, and I think that this virus thing might kill that mentality. It sounded like something exploded over at the... Yeah, did your apartment fall over? <laughs> no, Moose just tripped. Who's <laughs> <laughs> no. playing with him. He won't leave me alone. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I love the little subtle growls in the background, too. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. Can you hear the plastic, too? A little yep. bit. chewing on his duck. As I, thought, I thought someone Moose was just eating. <laughs> no, he's got a toy that's got plastic in it and it crinkles. Yeah. Funny. We're right next to the main window, too, so that's where he likes to bark if he can see something and we have the window open because we're trying to let the brightness in. For sure. I feel. We hide Sorry. in the darkness over here. We don't know what that's like. Yeah, I hate the sun and everything <laughs> in outside. <your> so. <laughs> in my basement, yeah, it's true. Um. So the second point in this article is blowing up the notion of Sunday-only faith because um, going to the church isn't the option. You're really having to make your faith more robust. So instead of a Sunday thing, it's becoming more of an everyday thing. And the flip side of that is um, what's going to happen to the people that only show up on Sunday when they can't show up on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Any other comments? I think that's kind of self-explanatory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Moving on. Uh and this is kind of his crux of consumer Christianity, this author, Robert McCracken, uh, challenging Christians to give without getting. So if we, we talked about consumer Christianity and how it's more about what can I get out of the service, how is that going to impact these, these churches who are focused on consumer Christianity when they're not able to give on a production? If the building is closed, what is happening there? Again, I feel like I'm just that's self-explanatory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I'll just do a monologue. The reason why this article hit me is because what turned me off to church in general was this consumerism. It felt like, what can I get out of the church instead of giving to the church, even if it's time or tithe or whatever? Um, some churches refer to it as seeker friendly, like we have to have this such a generic service and have a high production service that to reach the seekers, to reach the people that are borderline on the edge, don't really believe in God. So we have to put on a good show for those people. And my point is what brings people to Christ? Is it the production or is it, I don't know, Jesus. And I find in my travels and my teaching is that when you go deeper and you go to the deep side of the pool with theology and teaching and scripture, and you bring up the historical references and all of that, that brings people to Christianity rather than the big show rather than yeah. a huge production. That's just my mm-hmm. thoughts on it. 
and that's kind of my biggest problem with the Christianity in the church. It's, it's consumerism and what's happening in the church. Christians being more focused on themselves rather than loving other people. And we see that with the protesting. We see that with the toilet paper crap. We see that with these pastors just wanting money. And we're seeing more of this consumer Christianity kind of rise up in the media now because of the virus that's going on and people don't know what to yeah. do. So we're seeing kind of the underside, the underbelly, the grossness of churches and Christianity more because they're panicking and they don't know what to do. And they're not like big corporate actual businesses who are kind of prepared for these things. So yeah, because they're nonprofit, they get their money from people showing up to the church and when they're not selling their product, mm -hmm. how are they making money? Yeah. So then they have to do like, have these weird stances on protesting the coronavirus and the president and lockdown orders to get media attention. Right. And it, it's so disappointing. Like people are using this virus to further their agenda and slap Christianity on it. And it's gross. So gross to me. Well, it's just like with anything else that goes on. It's like tragic or upsetting or like, an actual issue people even while it's going on will use it even though it's a sensitive subject to um you know elevate their agenda or their ideals instead of like waiting <laughs> and making an assessment after it's blown over or whatnot you know right I, I didn't want to go on this rabbit hole and i'm only just going to make a brief comment about this because i don't have the article sitting in front of me but apparently there's this movement with within Christianity against Bill Gates. You can Google it on yourself. I don't have any information, but apparently there's a very, very underground thing praying against Bill Gates and his evil yeah. empire. I've heard that. I've <laughs> yeah. heard that. It's out there. Google it on your own terms. I just wanted to bring it up because it's one of the frustrating things about Christianity. Yeah. I saw it on someone's Facebook praying against Bill Gates. Uh, oh. Uh. <laughs> and as far as billionaires go, as far as I know about Bill Gates, he's not the worst. No. No, he donates more and is more charitable than any rich person in the world. Yep. Like, quite he, a long shot. He has stated multiple times, like, my goal for the rest of my life is to spend all of my money. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so. Trying not, to help the economy. No, not consumerism, but like. No, uh, I know. <laughs> Like he donates I mean, or he does charity. Like he also bought like a billion dollar yacht. So like, yeah. Well, it's not it's just, all going to charity. He well, is sure. he is enjoying it a little bit, but which is okay. Yeah, that that <laughs> yacht created jobs. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's also like with him, a billion dollar yacht is like buying a car. Yeah, for, for us. us. So. Not a big deal, and he still spends most of his money like eradicating AIDS in Africa. Yeah, I'm going yeah, to right. Wendy's to get a triple cheeseburger. So you know, there's a little difference there. <laughs> 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 you know, I'm yeah, not I'm not solving AIDS. About, <laughs> sorry, from what I read about uh, Bill Gates, I think it had to do with him shifting a lot of his funds toward like knowing that this was coming, and then he put some of his money toward the what could be medication for this. And so he may be profiting from the, the situation, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like, like you said, go do your own research. I was kind of like, eh, he's, he's doing a lot of great things. He is. Like, and, let him do great things. And, and even if he was aware of it, like that money will be good, like yeah. put to good use. And even My dad has making... always been a huge fan and 
like he said, if I had a lot of money to donate, I would donate it to like the wealthiest person because he's allocating it well. So, I mean, like, I certainly hope that that's like the bad things that people are saying are not true about what he's doing, but everyone has, you know, everyone's human just like he is. And so even if he has made, you know, a mistake with the way that he's using the funding, it's like, you know, he's just one man, True. just one person. True. And also not God. Also super genius um, who saw this coming kind of makes sense to me. I don't, I don't know. Right? Maybe I'm crazy. Right? Like he's one of the smartest people in the world. And mm-hmm. he's like, hey, we should be worried about this. And then makes measures to prevent it. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. wh- why are people angry about that? He's way more intelligent than you. So it, of course he would know. It's, it's also very possible that, you know, uh, Politically speaking, not necessarily, you know, to be in some sort of office, but just trying to shift blame and and use him as a distraction while other people are fucking off in the background. True. Right. Exactly. Like, like look over here. Look over here. And it's like all these things are happening well, behind the scenes. It feels like every so often Christians need an antichrist to point to. I, I don't know what yeah. it is. Like it was Obama, now it's Bill Gates. It it just happens it's to be going to be dementious Joe Biden here soon. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> like how, the how Trump hasn't been thrown about. into that situation. I don't know, but well, because oh, he's he our has. savior. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Trump is our savior. He's Jesus Christ. <laughs> Before that, it was Billy oh, Graham, and <laughs> like orange Jesus. perfect love it orange jesus yes i mean there are christians that put him on that pedestal and it's just like oh oh my god yeah for sure again he's just one man right he is not god i have discussion questions i'll get into that but i want to reference the second article that i sent everyone and i'll just read the headline here real quickly the pope says scotch whiskey is the real holy water. It's a good thing I decided to stock up on some holy water recently. Yeah. For is he once... saying it sarcastically? No, I actually do have a good bottle of scotch. No. Oh, the Pope. <laughs> You're not, not the you. Pope. <laughs> no, but I did no, stock up. <laughs> I don't I don't think he was saying that sarcastically. Oh my I, I agree with him. Finally I agree with the Pope on one thing. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I didn't read the article. I just saw the headline and thought it was hilarious. Who sent out the article? I, I read the article. I didn't I send it to you. I'm sorry. I know. What did it say? More or less, there were some young kids in some video conference, and one of them handed him a scotch, and his reply was, ah, the real holy water. <laughs> and so, you know, he was just kind of being a little playful and trying to make everyone yeah. feel, because some people, I guess, in the crowd felt awkward. And this was in some video broadcast, which has to go to the Catholic Church to actually process and see what videos can actually be posted or not. So then they cut that part out. <laughs> but so this article is just talking about that specific situation in this video that they were filming. So there you go. From the Pope himself, uh, Scotch no, whiskey is the real holy water. Who published the article? That was my real question. I don't know. Some blog. The uh, National. To me, this is such a non-issue. Like... Yeah, we okay, all know it's true. Joking about yeah, we all know that <laughs> Scotch is real body water. Like, okay. holy water. 
potty water. Potty water. Shame on him for having a sense of humor. Like. Right, 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 right. Well, and I, you know, he's a person too, so we can make exactly. jokes. We can we can have fun and drink scotch. No, no, I'm going to die on this hill. That scotch whiskey is really the is really the holy water. <laughs> um. Jesus didn't make wine. He made the scotch whiskey. <laughs> Man, those disciples were lit. <laughs> Classy. Literally. Uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, it was an axe joke. That was bad. That was a really bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. We're all about the bad jokes. I do like the orange Jesus thing. I'm yeah, that was that. really good. Yeah, that needs to be a t-shirt. <laughs> I think so. Just his face and orange, orange Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I'm getting so many ideas. I need to trademark that. Yeah, put it on our website. Sponsor. Hey, I said that. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm not the first to say that. I don't know. I've never heard that. Yeah, I think you coined it. <laughs> yeah, I think you trademark it. it. See if you can make any money off of it. I forgot the. Or would that would be Christian consumerism? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We're hypocrites on this show too. <laughs> Or is it political consumerism? I don't know. All proceeds should go to the campaign up against Trump, though. Straight <laughs> the campaign to get up against like... Trump? Is that what you just said? Against. Yes. To yeah, get to up against, against him. No, to get up against him. I'm yes. running for president. <laughs> I'm going to start running you for hug, president. You want to hug Trump? Um... Did you guys see the video of Trump with uh, the Pope? No. That was a while so, ago, I think. So they, they were standing side by side, and then it zooms in because they were standing, like, super close. And then Trump, like, tickled the Pope's hand with his finger then tried to grab it, and the Pope slaps his hand down. <laughs> what? That's weird. That is hilarious. Good old orange Jesus. Slap and tickle. Sheesh. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, I did. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I love it. It's fantastic. I love the banter. So, going back onto our main topic, what other things in the church would you like not to return after this virus? After the stay-at-home order is done, what are some things that you would love to be eliminated from the church, besides the people? Parking lot attendance. Non-in-depth relationships. I hope we eliminate the just terrible people that are involved in running these places oh, and okay. that they get pushed out. I know they probably won't, but still. Yeah. It would be great. Yeah. Nick? I guess like I would... adding in deeper relationships. For sure. I, I really hope that happens with this quarantine, that people actually take a minute and actually develop relationships and through you know the media that we – do have the zoom the facebook messengers the facetimes that right. we can have that we can actually build deeper relationships instead of going to a church and being consumering about it or social gathering or whatever like yeah. honestly my biggest thing which won't happen but like just this mega church lifestyle that people get into because mm. when our first church tiny and we were so close like so close to each other and you know we could we could lean upon each other and when you get into these bigger things you know sometimes it's overwhelming for people and the the sight of where the church is wanting to go can get lost and i think 
that's what really turns a lot of these churches into um, commercial Christianity is when you get too big. Again, like I said earlier, you, you start thinking more like a business than you do a congregation. Right. For sure. And plus, then we won't spread coronavirus to everybody. So <laughs> true. I think uh, it sh- this whole situation should hopefully and I'm not in the church game right now, but hopefully people are actually talking to each other now. And when you're in your pajamas and you have a camera staring you in the face and you're doing a Zoom meeting, for example, it's a little hard to put on a facade. You're more right. your barriers are down. You're at home. You're more comfortable. And I hope people start to see that and be more human. Uh, from my experience in churches, it's very much a facade. You have to be buttoned up. You have to talk in a certain language. You have to act a certain way. And I kind of hope that this whole virus thing eliminates that. People are actually being real, being real with their faith, whether they have it or not. Um, yeah. And just being real with people. Um, instead of this fake facade and I have to look a certain way and I have to dress a certain way and I have to talk a certain way. Like it's a little hard to do that when you're sitting at home and there's like, you know, Cheetos on your shirt. (laughs) (laughs) You know know what I mean? Breakfast just left over in your beard. (laughs) Right. I want to have more people over as like for sure for me, it's something I've wanted for a long time. And, um, I think I just realized, I think, I think your mom said it well, like we shouldn't be social distancing. We should be physical distancing. Like we are social creatures and we need each other. So like making sure that you look someone in the eye and say like, how are you doing? And waiting for them to, to, to respond to like, I'm fine. And then you say, no, how are you doing? And like really genuinely have a real conversation about where they're at. And vice versa, and have that ability to, you know, discern whether or not somebody is um, safe to do that. Of course, you can't just like willy nilly go around to other people. But like, I hope real conversations and real, like, rea- reality of where people are is going to come to the forefront. Yeah, I I can see that, and I hope that too. And that's something that we kind of started doing with the podcast is just, you know, people who would be on, we'd eat and talk before we started the podcast. And I kind of want to, after the quarantine is over, hopefully we can continue to do that. And um, I don't know, Drew, you've been pushing me to start my own church. So that may be a thing that happens after the quarantine's over. I don't know. Well, I would love it when I move back to St. Louis and, and, you know, move in with you and Curtis. You're not invited. uh... (laughs) (laughs) You can live here. You're just not invited. You're just not invited. Go go to your room. Go to your room. (laughs) (laughs) It's just an open invite. You can't close it now. It's too late. That door is open. That's true. Forever. Um, But, you know, do an actual small group like we we did before. For sure. Because that's, I mean, that's where you you really get to know other people, not just as a person, but in faith. Yeah, for sure. Eating with people and just having that small group mentality, I think that's where you find deep faith and deep relationships. Um, yeah, I, I really want to, that's definitely following the lead of Christ, right? That's Eight with people. like, yeah. that's what he did for sure. You need to look up the book, uh, eating your way through the gospel of Luke. It's a tiny little book. Mm. It's about a hundred and something I've pages. Heard of it. Yeah, I read it. I should. And it's fascinating because he talks about how many times 
And Jesus just went to people's homes and ate with them and talked with them. He wasn't much going to the temple. He did that occasionally. But majority of his ministry was him going house to house and just having meals with people. That was how the spread of Christianity happened. Breaking bread. Breaking bread. And that's been kind of my thing for about a year and a half now is breaking bread with people. And I hope once this quarantine thing is over that we actually do start doing that again. And uh, I don't know. Maybe we can get more people on the Discord to come over to my house and break yeah. bread and just have a stupid fun time. And I talk for maybe 10 minutes and majority is drinking and eating. I'm for it. <laughs> I think that people respond more to having someone tell them about Christianity when they're eating and drinking and having fun. And I don't know. Maybe. Well, and, yeah. and like you said, in those situations, uh, a lot of those barriers are, are put down. For sure. You know, you can, you can get easier access into someone's heart and and to make an actual difference yeah for sure your your barriers are down when you're at home in my opinion what do you think about christians who are protesting do we have any comments about that they're stupid I agree. Yeah, that's really all i gotta say i could go on people. for hours but they're dumb yeah that's the long and short of it is they're dumb they're creating more problems than they're fixing yes I don't know who I was talking to this about, but I, I get their sentiment. They're just right. doing it very badly. I, yeah. Like yeah, I, I was going to say, you can, I, you can see their perspective for sure, but for sure. And part of that is because I'm a history major and I see how the government, once they get power, they never let it go. And there's a whole lot of the government coming in and overstepping their bounds and taking more control. Um, with this whole shutdown order and, you know, like Florida now has a nine o'clock curfew. Yeah. Well, if there's any state in the country that needed a nine o'clock curfew, I think it is Florida. So I, I, I see it. <laughs> what I said, too. <laughs> I, I, I see that both ways. Like, yeah, of course, we need to be doing measures to make sure people are safe. But uh, to ticket people a thousand dollars because they are. Yeah. yeah. That. Oh, that that makes my patriotic nerves tingle and going, I want to get my musket out. And... Well, I hear you, but that's what <laughs> that's what the attorney general is for. But uh, the political stuff is just such a nightmare right now. Yeah. And it just terrifies me that the government will overstep their bounds. And I'm very on edge with that. And hopefully everything returns to normal. But knowing our government, yeah. who knows? Mm-hmm. But yeah, Chris... well, you know, Tim, if you want to start another civil war, I'll, I'll be one of your generals. I mean, curfews are how, like, wars are started. Like, yeah. if they don't disappear, there will be wars eventually. Like, I think right now people are being a little bit premature about all this. But, you know, if you're right and, like, the curfews just don't go away, yeah, there'll be a problem. There'll be a real big problem. You know, I don't think, I don't foresee that happening, but people are real dumb. Yeah. People are real dumb, mm-hmm. and the government has never given up power. So uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, just look how the prohibition turned out. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'm running for president. Is what I'm really trying to say. <laughs> are you challenging Biden? Are you going libertarian? Uh, Twenty. You, you got a, you got a few oh, okay. years, but you you could do it, Tim. I'll vote for you. Thanks, thanks. I'm going to yeah. use this as like my that platform. tiger guy. Wasn't he running as something? <laughs> something, yeah. Something. <laughs> no one cares about him. Going a little bit deeper, how should we really be responding to this whole thing? Stay home. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, Fair. this is definitely an issue. It's not something to be taken very lightly. I understand life's lost to go on, but it's okay to just sit back for a minute 
and let the world straighten itself out and let things calm down, let the hospitals catch up and not have so many people overwhelmed. And the grocery stores. And the grocery stores. Yeah. For sure. I feel like after this whole thing ends, like, grocery stores just need to be closed for, like, a week. Yeah. Give them a holiday. Everyone go stock <laughs> up. And then I you guys totally get a week off. I totally down for that. <laughs> like, in uh, England, they call it the bank holiday. It should be, like, the grocery store holiday. <laughs> like, just a couple of days with the grocery store. No. You, you should have bought your stuff beforehand. Yep. We're only going to be closed for, like, three days. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, again, we need to, hopefully we're responding and respectful and not being crazy about this. We are staying at home. But also at the same time, like, I don't know, go outside. Mm-hmm. Just stay away from people. Yeah. Like, go yeah. breathe fresh air. Yeah, it's totally cool to go for a walk. It, Just, it, like, stay away from people. Right. I it, wish people could get yeah. that. It's almost like this virus is a boogeyman who's going to suddenly jump out of the bushes and you're going to suddenly get coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> like, it feels like people are like that. No, you can go outside. You can go to the park. Just make sure you're not around people. But at the same time, like, and that's like, this whole thing goes by day by day. Uh-huh. Like, I went to the grocery store yesterday. Mm-hmm. Everyone was wearing masks. Everyone was being, you know, cool and calm about it. And like... I forgot deodorant, so I went out. I went to Walgreens because I wasn't going to try and traverse the grocery store. Um, but it was like more chaos there. It was more hustle and bustle. I was the only person wearing a mask, and yeah. everyone was just acting a fool. Hmm. See, I haven't been wearing mask or gloves when I go to the grocery store because everyone else is, and I'm like, eh. <laughs> well, um, wearing gloves actually doesn't benefit you yeah gloves are wrong you you think about it all right so you're wearing these gloves and Mm -hmm. say you touch something that someone who has coronavirus touched well now that coronavirus is on your glove well then you get in your car you drive with your gloves on you get home you're still wearing the gloves like you're not actually keeping yourself safe with that because it's it's still there and people think oh i wore gloves i don't have to wash my hands well you had to touch the gloves take them off you touched other things Right. Yeah, I went. Or you touch your phone. Right. Right. Or your keys. And then you take your gloves off and it's still on the phone. I went to go pick up food for lunch one day this week. And while I was out, there was a guy wearing a mask and gloves. And like the third thing that I saw him do was like very deliberately, heavily scratch his eye while wearing the glove. And I was like, You're defeating (laughs) purpose. Yeah. Well, you just ruined that glove. And also, part of my mentality of not wearing gloves is I don't. Like my hands. Sure. Right. Yeah. So like, you know <laughs> like if you're if you're not like licking your hands, you're not gonna suddenly just get this virus. Yeah. I think masks are wise to wear. Yeah. So that if you have it then you're not giving it to other people. For sure. And I can totally see that. But if I'm also staying away from other people and actively avoiding other people. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Hey, I don't feel do like I need you, a mask. Honestly, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, if you feel like you need a mask, wear a freaking mask. Like, just don't mug me in the parking lot if I'm not wearing a mask. Right. Yeah, when all this mask stuff started, I thought this was gonna go like so wrong, so sideways, so quickly. I think it's actually been a lot cooler than initially thought it was going to be. Yeah. But I just saw a bunch of false phone or a bunch of false 
cop calls over right people going to the gas station wearing a mask right if you stay six uh, feet away from people you don't have to wear a mask also like, yes but like people don't know what true. six feet is right true. so also bad true. like um, well when people are weird where uh have you ever talked to someone and they keep walking towards you while they're talking to you and you have to like keep backing up uh-huh. yeah like there's these people that just need to be close to you and you're just like no 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 no, 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 no. no. <laughs> you were saying nick um to to go back with the masks is i've got this great story uh, that my assistant told me today about yesterday. Uh, about two weeks prior, this dude came in and was, you know, talking my assistant up hardcore, you know, being super helpful and all that kind of stuff and appreciated the fact that, you know, we're out here, you know, still doing our job to keep everyone else fed and things like that. Well, I guess yesterday he came in uh, and we are not required to wear masks at work. We, you can, if you want, and they have masks supplied to us if we would like to use them. Um, but so, you know, no one in my department's wearing a mask and he's getting something from the counter and he's still like getting actual product from a person at the counter. And he's like, what are all you people trying to do? Kill us. You should be wearing masks while you're out here servicing us. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, Murderer. It's not required by law for us to wear masks. <laughs> if you feel that threatened by it, well, don't come up to the, the meat counter and get stuff from us and then complain about us not wearing a mask. Problem solved. You, you yeah. still have a meat counter? Yeah. Really? Our, yep. our local schnooks doesn't have a meat counter anymore. We do. We just don't have the sides. No. Mm-hmm. The whole, like, there's fish, but, like, steaks and stuff, you can't go to the meat Oh, I guess I haven't been paying attention to steaks. Yeah, like that whole where there would be like the beef, the ground beef, and yeah, the steaks and whatever that you can get from in the counter. Yeah, Sausages and other value-added yeah. items. Yeah, that's gone yeah. at our local Chinooks anyway. Hmm. I noticed yesterday yeah. that they had fish still. Yeah, they have fish. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, we uh, well, that's because it's the only place you can really get fish. True. You can get all your other steaks and stuff on the floor. Yep. Um, we we stopped the meat counter for like four or five days. Um, and then when things kind of settled down to the point where we could keep up with the production, we reopened our meat counter. So. Okay. Fair. We read somewhere that there was a meat plant with 300 people who were affected that might um, affect the amount of meat that's going to be out there for a couple of weeks. And the vegans had a heyday with it. Yeah, um, actually talked about this last night. Um, Smithfield had a plant that had to close down. Um, Purdue had a plant that had to close down. And Tyson had a plant that had to close down. Oh, wow. Cool. More than one. Yeah. Should have invested in some cows. Probably. Mm. Should have. Yeah. They're fairly inexpensive, really, you know. A couple well, thousand dollars and you, you have a whole cow and then you just have someone take care of it till it's time to be slaughtered cool or you just get a deep freeze and just take care of it just put the whole cow in the deep freeze <laughs> no <laughs> the whole cow <laughs> come here betsy <laughs> i don't need the tail or the hooves <laughs> oh my gosh uh, awesome my brain is doing weird things with that 
<laughs> good. 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 <laughs> I've done my job. <laughs> um, I can all be vegetarian for a couple of weeks. It's no big deal. Nah, I'm okay with eating meat. <laughs> yeah. I like I mean, meat. if we have it, I'm saying, like, if it, it comes down to, like, okay, we can't get meat. I mean, whatever. Like, well, it's, it's not going to be all meat. Um, and you might have to allocate some stuff from other places. Um, there will still be supplies on the shelf. It's not like all of the meat plants have... <laughs> and meat know, is gone meat. for a month. Right. <laughs> Don't worry, Moose. You will still have your meat. It's okay. And your kibbles. Um, your kibbles are but fine. But it's just... It's, it's going to be uh, probably a shorter supply. Um, but if grocery stores are smart, which, you know, like what we're doing, is we have already put limit signs out. Um that's great. Like we did when this first started, so that we can ensure that everyone can come in and still get something. For yeah. sure. Yeah, That's I foresee smart. that happening. We still can't get toilet paper at Schnooks. I bought some. I know yesterday. you did. But when I was there yesterday, nothing. I, yeah, I think I still have four rolls I need to go through before I'm. I need to start worrying. So. Yeah, we don't have to worry for a while. I just keep noticing that every time I go to Schnooks, it's, going. Yeah, it's like dad, a bomb uh, went off in the toilet paper aisle. That's so weird. Mm hmm. I think it was like two weeks ago. My dad's like, yeah, you know, I went to, to Costco to go get toilet paper and there was a line and you could only get like two packages. He's like, I bought two 18 packs of toilet paper. I was like, why the fuck do you need that much toilet paper? Yeah. I was like, are you he pooping doesn't. that much that you need that much toilet paper? I was like, you should have bought one roll and that would have probably lasted you the next six months. Yeah. The problem is... I don't know when we're going to be able to get it again. Yeah. So I'm like, every time I go to the grocery store, I buy at least one pack because I don't know. That's yeah. where I am now. Like, I'm not worried. If we have to, we can buy a bidet. Trying to avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know, poop and then just take a shower. Like, is it that big of a deal? See, that's what I think, too. And just clean like the, just, yeah, we clean. Know, your home, get Clean the shower it. a little bit more often and we'll be fine. Yeah. Like I, I, Or just poop in the shower. Oh. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> That's not the same as pooping in the toilet. Oh, uh, Yuck. Start digging holes out in the backyard. There you go. No, there's That's a fine. whole blank spot in the middle of the yard. We can poop there and fertilize it. Oh, good. Yes. Just <laughs> poop, toilet paper. poop inside the fire pit and then just burn it. No, 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 no. Oh, my no. God. No, but no, I no, will no, do no, what no. dogs do and just rub my ass on the grass to wipe it. <laughs> <laughs> The neighbors will be like, yeah, our neighbor's out there scooting again. Yeah, I guess he ran out of toilet paper. Yeah. Do you have worms? No, it's just toilet paper issues. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's I, going around. I, unrelated, I did catch our neighbor vacuuming the yard. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. He was doing what? Vacuuming the yard. Like, vacuuming? Uh, like a shop vac and was like vacuuming parts of his lawn uh, i just said okay yeah my aunt lisa did that once because there's a bunch of sawdust in their yard uh, on, maybe that was exactly what he was doing because he was doing a lot of work in his shed like, okay this past week i talked to him a couple times and he kind of had a mess there again he could have probably just mowed over it and no one would have ever known but it was really or even a leaf blower and just spread it out yeah something right. or i mean if he just cut the grass that would have spread it out just fine too because i was outside yeah. drinking my vodka <sighs> On on the rocks, just hanging out on the deck, and here's him vacuuming the ground. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm not drunk enough for this. 
each their own. To each their own. To each their own. Like however you want to handle this quarantine. If you want to vacuum your yard, power to you, man. Hey, maybe this is him <laughs> just like just starting to go off the deep end. Let's hope so. Let's hope. <laughs> All right, let's uh, wrap up the show. I think it was a fantastic show with lots of input. Any final thoughts from you, Curtis? Final thoughts? I got nothing. I'm so boring right now. That's fine. There were so many things that I was supposed to do this weekend, and now it all canceled. Well, actually, I got canceled like a month ago. But it was still just the realization of coming to this weekend, and I was like, I was supposed to be busy like pretty much from the time I leave work until I go to work Monday morning. But... Yeah. Me too. That happens. Yeah. Drew, any final thoughts? Got nothing. Got nothing, Schaefer? Yeah. Final thoughts? I think it was all said. Nick? I don't know that I necessarily have anything either, so. Fair enough. We talked about a lot of things. Um, Moose, final thoughts? He just huffed. Oh, okay. No, he yeah. I feel like a very good point. Yeah, I feel like a lot of us are just like, <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of happy about the show. We talked about a lot of things. I think there's a lot yeah. of crazy things that are happening within Christianity, and we're going to start to talk more about this and other topics and get to the show back to its normal form. It's just hard to navigate this when it's on the forefront of our minds, and I kind of try to want to be a, a good host where we're talking about the events that are hitting us in the face with a shovel. Yeah. Um, and allow people to speak their mind and speak their peace about what's going on in their lives. That's kind of what this show is about. So that's all I have. I don't have any actual final thoughts. And I'm surprised no one has called me out for this. But Jerry Springer always used to end his show with his final thoughts. No one's said anything <laughs> to me yet. So, you know. I don't think I've ever actually watched Jerry Springer. Well, we're in quarantine. We have plenty of time. <laughs> plenty of time. Whatever, Jerry. I- <laughs> <laughs> I do have one positive thing to say. Uh, so far, this podcast lasted longer than the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We are in episode eight. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. XFL didn't even make it six weeks. Wow. Wow. Well, we have some, something going for us, <laughs> I guess. Um Visit the website between alpha and omega.com. You can contact us if you want to tell us your quarantine funny stories about how you were outside vacuuming the lawn. That's cool. I'm willing to hear that and we'll read it on air. Uh, we did have one email that was a graphic designer wanting to do work on the website. So that was funny. Uh, so someone's looking at the website. I mean, yeah. yeah. We're, Drew, did you email the, the, <laughs> no. the podcast? I'm, I'm looking for work. <laughs> um. I'll be posting a blog soon. I was supposed to do it on Thursday. I didn't, but I'll be writing about something soon, hopefully. But yeah, stay in contact. We love you. Have a nice day. Have a good week. Have a good life. Goodbye. Me. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.